Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I'm Jana Denton House, and I specialize in helping women who are married to men want and enjoy intimacy more. So if you've ever felt like it was a chore, even though you really love your husband, you are not alone, and this is the show for you. Join me as I have open and honest conversations about sex, marriage, and everything else in the bedroom. I promise to never tell you to just do it, spice things up, or buy some lingerie. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wanting It More podcast. I am here. You know who I am by now, and I am here with somebody you haven't met yet, and her name is Denise. And Denise is somebody I know through my program, which seems to be a common theme happening, wanting it more. And she was one of the original folks who joined Warriors, actually created Warriors, which is the alumni membership. And so we've known each other for, do you know how long, Denise? Two years. A little bit. For- yeah, a little over two years. It feels like longer than that, maybe because we went through the pandemic together. Yeah, time just sort of slowed down. So today we're going to very loosely talk around the concept of why it's so challenging or just the idea that women and men really see sex as for men and how to make that transition for seeing it to see it as something for you. Uh, what are the barriers to doing that? Why it's happening in the first place? What's the cultural messaging? And what our personal experiences have been about that? So before we do it, I want to give Denise an opportunity to introduce herself and let you know what she's comfortable sharing, because we are talking about sex here. So take it away, Denise. Uh, okay, so I'm Denise. I live in the United States. I'm a teacher. I teach uh, fourth grade, actually. I have four children, uh, two from a previous marriage, and my oldest is 18, and then 17 is my son. And then I have, let me get a little break, a divorce, and remarriage, or a, another marriage, and uh, two children that are currently 11 and 9. Um, and I, uh, I would say I came, like, grew up in a very, like, I personally, I think I'm a very conservative person, and, um, but not necessarily because of my upbringing. Like, my upbringing, my mom was very, like, outspoken about things, and very, um, I mean, she, she gave me little tiny tidbits of, of sex information along the way. I don't know if they were helpful, but then. I'm dying I, to know, I know. What, what they were. Do you remember? Yes, I remember some of them. Do you want me to tell you right now? If you feel comfortable, yeah. Uh, sure. Um, she, <laughs> and they're, and they're, they're for my mom, so it is it is whatever. But she we love say, you, mom. We love you, moms. Moms are doing the best they can with what they had. Uh, what what she says? She said to me, um, that anyone with two heads, speaking about men, anyone with two heads has to be in a constant state of confusion all the time. And that sex is gross and messy. And so just, you know, whatever. Good luck with that. And, uh, but then she was also like, she'd, she'd run around the house naked. Like, so she was very like free in her own body and herself, but she was not like, she didn't. And she also dabbled in, um, she had a girlfriend while I was in high school. So we lived with a girlfriend for a while who had a daughter. So I had a, a, a 
stepdaughter or a stepsister or whatever. So like my mom was very free sexually and I didn't actually realize that until a lot later we were talking and she actually had several girlfriends along the way that I didn't even know about. She was like, yeah, remember Aunt Vicky? And I was like, what? <laughs> so anybody who was called an auntie was also something more to my mom. And I didn't even know that until I was like older and I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, yeah such an interesting mix of a message where you have really the two head comment very much saying sex is for men. Mm-hmm. And then she had this part of her where I'm guessing, cause she wasn't having sex with men. She's having sex with women. So obviously women enjoy it too. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So going into sort of teenage, you know, younger adult times, did you feel empowered or were you feeling like, what, what were you at there? Um, well, I had found like there was, I grew up with no real religion, structured religion in my house. And then around 12, 13, I found religion through a church. And, um, and I remember being very drawn to it because, uh, there was a lot of like structure and family and my home was not that like, um, I don't even know how many different boyfriends my mom had when I was growing up and girlfriends too, which I had no idea around. And then just really toxic relationships. And so when I found this, uh, this church culture there, it was very much family centered and they were in, in the church culture that I belong to, they were very much like abstinence till marriage. So I grew up with this and, and it was, up until the point, like really right before I found out about it, found the church that I go to, um, I'd been in kind of a little bit of a relationship with a boy and he, I remember him having, uh, I remember him having like pornography magazines, like in his bedroom and making comments about like penises and stuff. And I was like, oh my freaking gosh. But then when I found like this whole church thing, I was like, oh, there's a safe place I can go. And I don't have to be like I, I could almost use it like as a protection, right? I could say, oh, that's not what I do. I'm not doing that right now. And so um, then there was a standoffish piece for me. So that's where, and then I just became very like withdrawn from it. Like I didn't want to have a lot to do with sex because it was uncomfortable for me and I didn't know how to, you know, so was a virgin until I got married and then, yeah, so. I feel like I could ask you so many questions just based off of that. Go for it. I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent, but it's fascinating that you found religion at that age, at an age when, I mean, I have 12 and 13 year old daughters and you've got older mm-hmm. kids as well. That's an, a sort of a rebellious questioning, you know, but I guess there is that searching aspect to it as well. My mom found yeah. religion around that age too. Yeah. And I think I remember having conversations with Mike. I know we're totally like off topic, but not really. But I can't it. help it. It's okay. Um, I remember having conversations with my with my girlfriends at the time, and their parents would be like, and they were in the church and they're and they were rebelling in another way. Like they were leaving the church or they were going out and doing different things that were like against what they'd been taught. And my my girlfriends at the time told their parents, well, cause they'd say, why can't you just be more like Denise? 
I'm like, oh, don't do that. First of all, that's horrible. And trying to process that. But they just, I remember them saying to their moms, Denise is rebelling in a different way. Like she's rebelling against where she's coming from and I'm going to rebel and dig out in a way. So yeah, I mean, it really was a different, it was a different sense. Cause I was like, I'm going to be proper and I'm going to follow this path that I, that I'm seeing other people leading to happiness mm-hmm. versus what I was dealing with. So yeah. And creating that structure and safety and feeling a family for you. I mean, yeah. Amazing. So then you got married and you were a virgin, but you had been exposed to some stuff, I'm guessing because of the porn magazines. Or- yeah. I mean like a little bit. And actually my husband, <laughs> my first husband, uh, had was not a virgin and I didn't realize that until we were engaged and like going to get married and then I was like oh well that's good to know and so that was that was an interesting thing he had had issues with pornography which I didn't realize until we'd been married for a while and so there was a lot of his skewed view and then my very like I I say sheltered, but I was like sheltered by choice. Like I was like, people, people would tell dirty jokes and I'd be like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Cause then they just stick in my head and I've got like horrible. Every once in a while it'll just come up and I'll be like, oh, gross. Make it cool. (laughs) It's so unfortunate that your two options, well, maybe you did have a third option, but I'm guessing your two options were either this stuff that made you really uncomfortable, which was very vague and unhealthy anyways, nothing was helpful about it. Even your mom really didn't provide you any education, just sort of these comments and experiences that you were witnessing. And then you had, I'm guessing, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing in your faith community, there wasn't a lot of like really great sex education happening. No, none whatsoever. And then I, and I just, oh goodness, it just left me. I just had another thought about in my, in my na- na- uh, na- naivety, that's not the word. How do I yeah, say yeah. That? <laughs> um, there was a lot of other stuff going on too that, that like played into it. So like I told you, I said something about my mom having lots of different boyfriends along the way. And some of those men didn't have good boundaries when it came to like me personally, there was like comments and there was one, um, who actually tried to, to rape me. And I ran across the <laughs> town in my nightgown in the middle of the night. Cause he'd come home and I mean, he lived with us and he'd come home and he just wanted, he, Oh, it was the scariest, most, you know? So I had like, I had also had these little, these other little innuendos and these other little things that were happening that I, I was really just trying to stay away from really understanding because I was the only thing I could do. Like I was my self-preservation because I was like, okay. But then I was also naive in the fact that I, I, I worked in Alaska for a summer and I didn't even realize, like I worked at a lodge with all of these old gentlemen who would come and fish. And I was just like this flirty 20 year old, but I was not doing it in any way to be like, sexual or any like I was just being like a a happy flirty person and then other and then like people who worked with me would be like "Mm, Denise you need to settle down you you can't act like that with the lumberjacks (laughs) I was like what they're cool guys like I really you know or like these these old gentlemen and I'd like just be like flirty and fun but I was there was never 
it was never like trying to be anything dirty but then I'd have these comments come from other people that I was I was doing something to lead people on and I was oh my gosh no 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 that's not what I was trying to do so I think there was just a ton of like cultural messages and then lack of education there's just so many pieces to all of it yeah it's such gosh I wish in our culture I feel like we're moving towards it I mean by you and I doing our healing work we are helping the next generation but finding that middle way that is not exploitation or objectification of women and all these vague messages and not that sort of hush hush puritanical don't talk about it don't look Mm -hmm. which doesn't help anybody anyways and that beautiful balance I just that middle it's not even a balance it's a completely third option that so few where do we where are we getting it from yeah yeah I I also I just want to add one more like little experience from that Alaska when I was there so my boss at the time actually um I was working in the kitchen so I was waiting tables doing a lot like all this stuff at the lodge and I was working in the kitchen and he walked past me and grabbed my butt and I was like and I again so naive but at the same time so proud of myself I just turned around and said to him don't do that to me like that is not okay like not okay (laughs) so like some of it was like I got it that I could be empowered and yet there was there's just such a there's such a fine line that we walk as women and so I don't know it's just interesting all of the pieces that play into it yeah and moving from that I mean amazing how old were you when you did that eight 19 19 or 20 19 or 20 yeah So yeah, having that self-confidence to say no way, but kind of moving back into our topic for today, how do we go? That's amazing. But it's so such a low bar that women would, you know, like that women would be at the place of just being empowered and what does empowered look like saying no. Mm -hmm. And what we need to make the transition transition to is saying yes, but not yes, like giving in, but yes, for me. Yeah. Genuinely. So, so you got married the first time and that ended and then you got remarried. Yeah. And And he was, and he was a virgin. So my second husband was a virgin when we got married. And so I'd had, I had had a sexual experience. He had never, and he was like 30, 33 when we got married. So he was pretty old. In fact, I was his first kiss. <laughs> I love I mean, it. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. So what was that like? Uh, it was definitely interesting. Like, <laughs> uh, I love that we could talk about these things. <laughs> I remember the honeymoon night, like he literally... He literally got completely naked. Like I was like, "What? What is going on?" <laughs> it was just the most. I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, "What is going?" It was so. It was so weird. Like it was just so different than what I. But he was just. It was what it was, and he had no. No. No one had told him otherwise, you know. And I was supposed to be the one who had any kind of knowledge whatsoever. And I was just like, "You're totally naked." Oh my gosh! <laughs> what do I even do right now? <laughs> Oh yeah. I kind of, I kind of messed with him a little bit. I was, I was, I don't know. Time kind of messes with our brains. I think 
because at first we're so curious and want to know things and like flirtatious. And then as we're married longer, I feel like it kind of just goes away. So our wedding night, right. My husband gets totally naked. I had gone, my grandma had made me this, uh, kind of look like a penguin suit, but it was like head to toe, like onesie thing. <laughs> and I, Where are we going with this? And I put my lingerie on underneath of it. And I put the zip and like, I walk out in this like giant onesie and my husband's totally naked. And I was like, okay. And he, was, he was like, oh my gosh. And I thought it was the most hilarious thing. <laughs> like, I'm just sorry. I'm just thinking like how we get so in that, like, sex formula right like but I was so like I'm not doing it that way I'm gonna be fun and have fun with this and then oh culture screws with us so bad anyways (laughs) Denise I just love you I just love you this is fantastic (laughs) I have so many questions I mean penguin suit this is so good so let's just back up a minute here sorry (laughs) (laughs) because this is great because this naked thing. I imagine if we had a whole bunch of people in the room right now and we could go through one by one and talk about the first experience they had with their partner. Uh Uh-huh. Imagine the diversity, but okay. What do we actually expect? If there was sort of a formula or a media expectation, cultural expectation of what a first time would look like, what is it? I think it is like, like so, well, you've talked about this before, like the ripping off the clothes or like the slowly unbuttoning or like, like sh- off the shoulder, like all of that, like silly media stuff. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't, I, like I said, I was just completely like, there's no, there's no easing in <laughs> this moment. We're just all there. <laughs> this is me. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> there's his penis first time first time ever like oh my gosh and you're married already there's no running away (laughs) this is great so yeah I think my first experience with my partner was very hush hush very we were trying to wait to have sex until after we were married and it didn't quite happen that way So it was very much, we shouldn't be doing this, no talking, no discussion of birth control, nothing, just sort of hormones. And let's be honest, my husband's hormones leading the show. And it was very under the covers, progressive, let's just cuddle. Now we're kissing. Now we're touching. Now clothes are getting taken off. Oh my gosh, we should stop all of that stuff. Uh So I think it's amazingly refreshing that that's what your husband did. Can you imagine? We're just like, this is what we're doing. No big deal. Right? Yes. Because, yeah, because my previous experience with my first husband had been more like that. Like, as we dated, there was the cuddling and the touching, but like never, which, which now with the new definition of sex, I'm like, I guess I technically had sex before I was married. <laughs> There was no penis and vagina, so we're good, right? <laughs> it's just that seems to be the cultural. Interesting cutoff. how that, you know, happens. But anyways, but yeah, it was that. It was like slow, a little bit of touch, a little bit more touch. And then it was like, okay, stop. stop. 
keep the clothes on keep the clothes on. and then to this uh, other extreme that I was like oh okay oh okay <laughs> did you feel like you had to lead or explain or teach I think that I am ne- have never really been good at communicating during sex like that is not my strong point like saying how I feel or asking for what I want or like any kind of communication. And part of it, I think, was because my first husband wanted me to like talk dirty. And I said something before, like he had pornography stuff that I didn't know about, but he wanted me to talk dirty all the time. And I was like, I don't think this is what it's about. Like, this isn't like the little bit that I know about sex. It's supposed to be like a spiritual experience, which I am still struggling to figure out how to make that happen in like now, even now. But um yeah so I think that that kind of messed with stuff and then there was some like shaming when there was a lot of emotion and so then so I just built a lot of walls up and so then when I when when I married my my current husband then I was like I don't want to go back to I don't want to be too vulnerable in the sexual experience and so like at the beginning there was a little bit of talk but then mostly just silent for a very long time and still It is pretty silent, but every once in a while we'll have some conversations, more conversations than before, but Mm. it's just a quiet place. I don't know. (laughs) There's no fighting if it's quiet. (laughs) Shh, I'm in my pleasure. Be quiet. (laughs) Sorry. I'm taking notes. Future conversation, podcast conversations with Denise. Okay. How to make sex a spiritual experience. I really would like to know that. I really do. Talking during sex. We'll figure that out together. So you mentioned that you start out with these sort of fresh and fun and silly, goofy ways of connecting, which sounds so you. And did it change over time? Yeah, it just became like, it's just it's become a chore. Like it was just one more thing I had to do to help him out because he would get grouchy. And that was usually the pattern. We didn't ever really fight about sex. He would just get really grouchy in, in everywhere else in his life. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we need some pressure release or something. because. And so, yeah, we just, <laughs> I just thought of another, like, I love your stories. Keep them coming. Oh my gosh. So when we were first married, I'm a teacher and my husband was working, was he working yet? He was working, but he'd have like some days he'd have his lunch hour off. So I would come home and have lunch with him. And I had a friend who would be like, oh, hot lunch. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> it's not hot lunch. We're just one. So one day, anyways, I came home from work for lunch and my husband was in, I don't even know why or who I didn't give him this, but someone had given him like a little, oh, what are they even called? a sling (laughs) like a sex swing no it was like a it's just like a pair of underwear but it was like a thong like a man thong right I think I've heard them called a banana hammock yes and like had a smiley face on it so anyways I oh my gosh I came home from work one day for lunch and he's like that's all he's in like it's hot lunch I was like oh my gosh no very bold man (laughs) but I think he's also and I also but I think he's very much 
we had this conversation before we got married. Like I was like, pornography, no. And he's like, yeah, absolutely not. So he's not, he doesn't look at pornography. As far as I know, he never has. Like, I mean, we say that, but everybody has, whether they like go seeking it out. It's just in our culture, right? But so I don't think he had a whole lot of education in that sense, but it's all, it's just so weird. (laughs) Just different than what you would, you know, I don't know. Like he was so comfortable with his body and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just okay. I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So would you feel pressure during that? Yes. Oh, and he would, and not so much at the very beginning, but the definite pressure, he used to give me lingerie and he would just put it in my dresser drawer like my top drawer with my underwear and stuff like a brand new set of lingerie he did it like three or four different times and I was like oh my gosh I don't want this and at, at a couple of times I said to him mm, if I'm gonna buy it I did say to him at one point in time if I'm gonna buy lingerie I'm gonna buy the stuff I want like I want to feel I want something that I feel pretty in that fits my personality that's not whatever and so for a while it like stopped and I, and I did a little bit of lingerie shopping, found a few things, but then, yeah. And then it came back and I was like, Oh, that was the most pressury thing that I was just like, don't, don't give me that. I don't want that. Someone so, recently told me that they felt bad because it was seen as a gift. And when things are given as a gift, you want to accept them and say, thank you. Did you feel like that too? Yeah. Well, and even like the whole idea, I love the idea that we learn in wanting it more that like sex is not a gift because that was definitely something like every holiday. Oh, this used to make me so cringy. Like every holiday, any special occasion, we'd have sex and then, oh, <laughs> want to vomit a little bit right now. <laughs> and then you'd be like, happy mother's day. And I was like, no. Merry Christmas. <laughs> no. Ew, ew. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just my husband, but like, oh, he used to drive me nuts. And so then he I was like, really seeing it as a gift for you, or was mm-hmm. he sort of saying, here's the gift I want from you? I don't know. I don't know which way it was, but I just remember being so just like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> happy valentine today gross get me some chocolate that's really all I want today. <laughs> would you go ahead and have sex with him or would you oh yeah we I yeah. mean I I very rarely like denied him sex like very rarely and it would and honestly like sometimes I get a little bit triggered in our XDs because he, when we weren't really having a ton of sex, it always started with the back rub. And then the back rub would just, you just keep rubbing my back until I was finally like, fine, take off my underwear. Let's get her done. Like, so let's just be done. So every once in a while in our XDs, I'll be, cause I love back rubs. I just hate where they led. So every once in a while I get a little triggered and I'm like, oh dude, no, 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 no. Okay. We're good. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, interject here xds are short for exploration dates and it's something i teach in wanting it more in terms of a structure for sexual experiences yeah that would make a lot of sense did you not say no out of or i'll ask you this what was your motivation for not ever denying him 
I just felt like he, it was something that he needed to be happy, like to be a healthy, happy human, he needed sex. And it was, I mean, I think there's also the piece that's like, it's just my, it's my responsibility. And I had had an, a, a friend at one point in time say, oh yeah, healthy relationships have sex twice a week and it should be instigated by you at least once of, and then by him another time during the week. And so that, that narrative was in my mind for a long time, probably, probably like 10 years that that narrative was in my mind that I was like, okay, so then if I didn't instigate it, then I felt like I was failing him. And then when he instigated, I was like, okay, well, I've already failed to do my part of instigating sex once a week. So I need to just like, like just give in and let him have his, like, let him have the experience instead of, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's so common. We hear this all the time, don't we? That the motivation to have sex is to be a good wife, to provide a need for your partner and to not, well, the grumpiness aspect too, Yeah, because that always seems to come back to us or did mm-hmm. where I know my husband said once I, you, we learned about the love languages and he said, my love language is physical touch. And so if yours is acts of service, and so if you don't give me physical touch, I'm not going to give you acts of service. I know. All right. Oh, Gross. so let's, t- let's tell the good <laughs> listeners <laughs> the hope in all of this. So how did you So you went on this like this for a long time with the motivation. So it sounds like you never really saw sex as something that could provide you nourishment, relaxation, comfort, nothing. Yeah, no, never. It was never really for me. Like I could maybe have a good time and occasionally like there was a connecting moment or whatever, but it was never about me. It was, it was always about him and occasionally it'd be about us, but mostly it was about him, if that makes sense. Yeah. So at most it would be about your connection, Mm -hmm. but never, or his pleasure, but it never went into the space of your pleasure full stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I even remember, and this, this is again, just a horrible, I can't even believe that I did this, but I remember at one point in time in our marriage, I think we'd been married probably five or six years and I just being so tired all the time, just so tired, so touched out and saying to him, if you ever just need to like take care of stuff and I'm sleeping, just, just go ahead and take care. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Oh my gosh. Like that was horrible. But at the same time, I didn't know any better. I knew that, you know, I, in my mind, I thought he needed sex. I was too tired to provide it. So just take it like <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it makes yeah. so much sense. That's why so many women are just like, I'll bear and endure. Can you just get it over with quick? Mm-hmm. And that oh, makes that, sense. Right? That used to drive me nuts too. Cause my husband does not, he does not know how to, what a quickie is. And I was just like, can we just figure out what a quickie is? Can we just, can I, I can, we could do this. Like just <laughs> five minutes. Five to 10 minutes. Now I'm like, some of our sexual experiences are three hours long. And I'm like, oh, do we have to be done? <laughs> wow. You just piqued so many people's interest by that <laughs> statement. 
<laughs> Keep on listening if you want to hear what this is all about. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, we hear that from women all the time. And it's nothing on you. It's not that you did anything wrong. You were just moving with uh, logistical information. You know, it was, it's for him. He needs this. He gets grumpy if he doesn't have it. I don't know why I'm showing up other than to sort of be a good wife. So let's just be more efficient about this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) Great, great troubleshooting. Okay. So that is a huge change to go from that to seeing, I don't want to say resolved or solved or arrived or, you know, because this is a constant journey for us, but what, what, what did you do? What mindset shifts did you make? What was the journey like to go from that to where you are now? Uh, I think really thinking about it more for me, that was the huge thing. Like this could be for me. It could be nourishing for me. It's not all about him. That was the huge, like, this is more self-care practice than what it is. That I could design something that was what I wanted, where I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted it. Like, this was for me. And then he gets to come along for the ride. (laughs) You can take that wherever you want. I don't want to. We literally can't talk about anything without bringing up euphemisms and sex references. Yeah, I think that was it. Because I mean, and I very much um, want him to be involved. Like I, and this probably has to do with religion too, but like the whole idea of like exploring self-exploration is hard for me. So I'd rather have my husband with me during any exploration stuff. And so in order to learn about my body, I need him there. Like I, for me to feel comfortable, I need him there. And so just being there kind of, you know, it just was natural for me to have to, to want to explore when he was there. And that's kind of opened things up. Cause then I'm like, Oh, there is, there is pleasure here. This is possible. I can tell him to stop. I think that was, that was a huge thing. Like the ability to just be like, no, I don't like this this is what I want. And this is what we're going to (laughs) do. If you don't want to do it, I guess you can leave, whatever. I, I, if I was listening to this, I would be wondering how did she have her husband go from this situation where his wife was just providing this sex all the time to suddenly having a voice and having needs and requirements and boundaries. What was that like for your relationship? It was really rocky at first because I, I don't know if I said it, but um, I didn't really ever communicate with him about any of this other than like, I'm a tool for your pleasure, but not really. (laughs) And so when I when I felt empowered after I watched your first webinar and felt empowered to be like, wait a minute, I have a choice in this situation. Um, I actually 
I wrote him an email. Well, I actually wrote Jana an email. I wrote Jana an email and I just told her about uh, the horrible sexual experiences that I had. And then I copied and pasted. This is probably so chicken of me, but it was how I did it. And it worked out. It was fine. And I copied and pasted it or I CC'd it and I sent it to my husband when I sent it to Jana. And it was the first time, the first time that he ever had any clue that I was not connecting in the sexual experience. Like he had just thought that everything out, like maybe I was just tired or it was whatever, but he did not know. He didn't know the pain that I was in, not necessarily physically, but there was some physical pain, but emotionally huge emotional pain. So he hadn't, he had no idea that I was dealing with all of that. So then once he, he saw like that, he was, that he was hurting me unintentionally because I didn't use my voice and he didn't know any better then he really did. It was a huge shock to him. Step back. And we both had to step back. And then, and then just like learning, relearning together, what was okay, what was not okay, that it, I am going to give my opinion and I am going to speak what I, you know, and he was really great about like asking, but it all, it had to come for me to begin with. Like I had to just tell him and for a long time, and I don't think I'm unique in this. I think a lot of women are just we just do what we feel like we need to do to keep everybody happy. And I was thinking about this this morning, like I'm done. And I've been, I've been done for a while. I'm done doing stuff just because it makes someone else happy. Yes. And, and it's not even just my husband, like it's everybody. Like I'm going to, before I make a choice about anything, I'm thinking, is this, is there benefit for me? Because culture and society and religion, whatever, tell us to be selfless and tell us to give everything and da, 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 da. But who's really winning then? Nobody wins. Nobody wins. And so like, yeah, I was just thinking about that this morning. Like, why do I choose to do what I do? And I really have come a long way in I'm choosing to do this because I want to, because I see value in it for me and not because someone else is telling me. I have to, or because I have to be a martyr or I have to like, whatever, pick up, put on my big girl panties, but I'm putting them on because I want to put them on, not because someone else is telling me to put them on. So. I love this. I love this. And even when you are sharing so vulnerably, because it is difficult to share one's beliefs around wanting to explore your own body with your husband in the room which I so honor, every woman gets to decide how they wanna do it and there's no empowered or unempowered way to do things. But even that you're starting to look at things like that, it's incredible, it's wonderful. And I think it's what keeps kind of going back to the religion piece again, it's what keeps people safe in a religion when we are questioning and we are choosing for ourselves or not choosing for ourselves certain things. So empowerment then looks, doesn't look like a set of things that you do. Empowerment is about how you do the things that you do. Yeah. And it hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy journey. Like there's definitely still moments. Like, in fact, this, our, we have our uh, sexual experiences or XDs on Sunday And this Sunday, we just returned from a camping trip and I was tired and it was hot in my room because we hadn't been home to open windows. And so it was like afternoon Sunday, hot. 
And all I really wanted to do was just take a nap. <laughs> and so my husband gave me a back rub. He gave me a foot rub and we kind of cuddled for a little bit. And then I literally took a, <laughs> I took a nap and then, and then we were done. Like, well, I took a nap for a while. We just laid and cuddled for a while, but it was hot. So not too much cuddling. <laughs> and then, and then I was done after my nap and then I was like oh should I feel bad because I didn't do anything to help him along his way or give any and then I was like no no he's a big boy he can take care of it himself if he really needs my help then he needs to use his voice his voice and figure it out like I just <laughs> very much just done I'm just done doing things for other people if I don't see value in it for myself and I <laughs> And that is very much the, like my sexual experience. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get what I need out of this. A couple weeks ago, we, we missed our, our scheduled time because of a family situation. And I was so mad <laughs> because I wanted to have, and, and my husband had been the one who scheduled the family situation, like all of this, knowing that that was our typical time has been our time for over two years. And I was like, I was so livid. I was like, how dare you do that? Like, that was my, that's my time. (laughs) My time. Amazing. But amazing. And I, I'm sure anytime anybody ever shares on the podcast, the concept of doing things for ourselves, especially when it comes to sex, there's going to be this little voice that says, but that's selfish. What would you say to a woman who is thinking that right now? I think that you got to get over this whole idea of selfishness. Like, like saying, taking care of your kids. It is for me a self-care practice now. Like is, is taking a bath selfish? Like, do you just take a bath? (laughs) Maybe, maybe people just take a bath. So the people next to them at work don't have to smell their BO, like, sorry, I'm just being whatever, like, right. Do you, do you just, we, we've got to figure out as women and I'm sure men deal with this too, but like how to take care of ourselves and not call it selfish. So how do we take care of ourselves? How do I make the, the dinner that I like, even though I know I've got two or three of my kids who are going to be like, this is gross. How do we, you know, when we're out picking a restaurant, how do I say, oh, no, 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 we're going to my choice today because we go to your choice every other stinking time. And I'm tired of like figuring it out. And so I don't know. It's just, you just have to find your voice in the situation and realize that you're human too. You wouldn't, we wouldn't deny that from our children. We wouldn't deny that from our spouses or our friends or anything else. So why are we doing that to ourselves? Like that, I don't know. Like, I think that that's a big thing. And especially within the sexual experience and you're looking at earlier, you said new definition. So I'll just share what that means for folks the concept that sex is about pleasure and connection. So you can't have pleasure and connection if it's only working for one person. And so you take the person who it's not working for and you make sure that it's working for them. And then the other person who was fine all along is still fine all along. It's still working for them. If you, you, you have to look at that, I, I almost said lowest common denominator. That's a bad <laughs> 
another word we could use here. The person who has a very sophisticated system. And you need to plan for that person. And so doing what you're doing right now and what I do in my own life and what I teach other women to do is beautiful. It's a perfect thing. And it does require some trust. Today in a coaching call in the current round of wanting it more, a woman brought up that she really wants to have penetrative sex. You're smiling. (laughs) This is a goal of hers. And I will often tell women, it's okay if you never have penetrative sex again. If the goal is pleasure and connection, my goodness, there's a world of opportunity for that to happen. And if you don't want to do it and it doesn't bring you pleasure or at worst brings you pain, then that's not a goal that should be even discussed. Now, if pleasure is the goal and then some, some way along the line, you're in a sexual experience and you just think, I'd really like something filling up my vagina right now. Oh, there's a penis right there. I could use it as a tool for my pleasure. Then it's an opportunity. But to make that as the goal is essentially doing exactly what you were doing before, Denise, which is the motivation is to please somebody else. So you're potentially getting to the same outcome, but you're going about it in two completely different ways. And one that actually brings true connection and pleasure, not, not based out of fear. Right. Yeah. I feel like we're coming to a natural, (laughs) natural end of our conversation. Was there anything else that you wanted to add that you haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Oh, I shared lots of fun stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, Denise, I love your stories. They are the best. Oh, no, I, I think we're good. But yeah, like I said, it's just seeing it as my, and for myself is the biggest thing. It's for me. And my husband gets to come and he has, he has an enjoyable experience. And I don't, I don't worry. <laughs> good or bad. I don't worry about it. Every once in a while, I'll be like, eh, I wonder how he's dealing with this. But then I'm like, doesn't really matter. I'm having a good time. Yeah, because I'm, you know from past experiences is that if you dip into that mindset, it will spiral hard mm-hmm. down. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're keeping your your frame of mind healthy so that you can have that intimacy heartbeat for a very, very long time. Yeah. That's have you had regular scheduled XDs since starting when? Yeah. The, the only time we've missed is um when my husband scheduled that one thing <laughs> and COVID because we were in separate rooms, but yeah, even on vacation, we wouldn't necessarily have like a full XD, but we would definitely have like some intimate time under the covers. So yeah. <laughs> How you said that intimate time under the covers. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't talking about sex hilarious? I love it. It's so funny. It's so counterculture, but here we are, two mature women. Yeah, everybody yeah. does it. I mean, what's the big deal? I know. I challenge, this is a final closing remark. I challenge everyone as you go about your day today, maybe you're on a walk right now and people are passing you. Look at that person, the grandma. <laughs> trying to think of other people <laughs> you wouldn't think of. <laughs> the grandma. 
She, the mailman. She's having sex or did have sex. I hope she's still having sex. And I hope it's for her at this time. Maybe this is the closing remark. May we be the grandmas that are having sex for us well into our 70s and 80s. Yeah. We'll connect up during that time. All right, Denise. Okay. I feel like we're about the same age. Pretty close. Yeah. I'm 41. I'll be 42 this year. Yeah. You're a little bit younger than me. I'm a little younger. I'm 39, moving into 40 soon. But anyways, when we're that old, it won't matter. And we'll connect up and we'll just high five each other and talk about all the amazing things we've learned about ourselves. Denise, thank you so much for your candid, delightful, enjoyable, just presence. I am so grateful to know you and I'm so grateful for this conversation. I really needed it today. And this was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So maybe we'll have Denise come back and we'll talk about spirituality and sex. How about that? Yes, that'd be so amazing. I've been really like pondering on that for probably two weeks now it's just I can't I can't sort through it so I'd love your help with it okay all right till next time bye bye if you've enjoyed this episode I have a favor to ask of you it's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex what would really really help is if you would leave a rating and a review and i know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts but please i beg you it would really really help so that more women who need this message will hear it all you have to do is go into your apple podcast app it's the purple icon and if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes. If you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews, there's a little purple writing thing that says write a review. If you click on that, it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love. And put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here and I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janadentonhouse.com slash wanting it more to sign up for the wait list, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.